the future of photography. Hello and welcome to the future of photography. Um, Emer here introducing the show this week and I'm joined by everybody. So hey. hi guys. Hey. Hi Jeremiah. Hello. Hello. Hi Adrian. Hi Chris. Hi there. <laughs> it's good to have everybody together again um, for this episode. And um, quite a casual subject this week, I think, and a little bit personal. So um, the topic of this week's show is what's our favorite subject personally? So uh, each of us is going to, I'm going to ask each of you the question of what's your favorite subject? Uh, what's your favorite thing to photograph? Is there something that keeps you coming back over and over again? And um, has it always been that way? Also, um, have we all gone through different phases over the years of being obsessed with a particular subject or or a genre, let's say? Uh, I, so, I could speak for that uh, for at least an hour and a half if everybody's got the time. <laughs> <laughs> I've got about 15 seconds on it. <laughs> I'm sure you got more than that now, Jeremy. <laughs> um, so who wants to go first or should I go first? I don't know. I think you should. You think I should? Okay. Um, who might argue? Um, um, as many of you, if people listening might know, because we put some of them into the group uh, album that we have, uh, I'm totally obsessed with the crows. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's something that does keep me coming back over and over again. Um, I don't know what it is. It's, it's quite a personal thing, isn't it? The things that draw you. Um, crows, I think it's their personality. Um, their intelligence, um, just, you know, the whole societal thing that they have, kind of, they're very almost, they've got a lot of character, you know. I often see, you know, the big mean crows and they kind of look a bit thuggish and kind of like um, big, beaky. I love those guys the best. <laughs> and I don't know what it is, but it just, they fascinate me, so. It is really interesting because uh, we had... Um... Oh, what, a, a few years back now, maybe about five years or so, maybe five years or so ago, um, the the crows they have a, um, a a mating season. Well, I guess a lot of a lot of animals and birds do, don't they? But one young male crow decided that he was going to sit on the roof of our house, and that was going to be his territory. Um, but they 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 attack everything, and he used to keep he used to fly deliberately into our windows because he could <laughs> see his reflection, and he thought it was somebody coming to take over his territory. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't own any air rifles or anything. Like that. Oh no! <laughs> so so all, all we all we were able to do we we had to to, to save to save the crow, but also because it was really seriously annoying. Um, we had oh. to we had to get um, netting, you know, the sort of netting you see on strawberries when they, you know, yeah, and, yeah, 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 that, that kind of green sort of stretchy garden netting. Mm. We had to get some of that and hang it for yeah, you know, hang it uh, around the edges of the house so the crow couldn't fly. It was that it was horrendous. And then, uh, uh, then our next door neighbour, who is a lovely lady, she got a cat because she was between cats at the time. She got a new cat, and then we didn't have a crow problem after that. <laughs> Has anybody uh, experienced uh, the uh, mourning of of crows when they have lost uh, a member of their no. clan? It's yeah. it is absolutely incredible. We've got a lot of crows here in Venice, and mm. and when one who is kind of late 
crossing the road, you know, because mm. they, they actually put nuts in the road and let the yeah. watch the lights, the the cars crack the shells and okay. they yeah, yeah, pick yeah. them up. They're very smart about that. Mm. When one dies, you could have literally five or six hundred crows gathered around okay. shrieking and mm. mourning. Wow. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a, a murder of crows. That's what they I'm call a group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I, I have a odd crow story. It won't take a, a second, but um, I used to have an office in Santa Monica. And uh, one day I came out and sitting on the roof of my car was a big crow. And I went up to it thinking it would just, you know, fly away. It did not. It just kind of looked at me sideways and I looked at it and I realized this crow couldn't fly. It had been injured and had landed in my car. I went back into my office. I got a cardboard box with a little blanket. I went out and literally picked up the crow. The crow let me pick it up, put it in the box, into my car, and we drove it to the local vet that took birds. Mm -hmm. And they fixed her up and and let her fly. And this crow was so smart. It knew Mm. that it needed a human. Yeah, and to, I was just, fixed. yeah, wow. it's, it's I just am, unbelievable. That is, yeah. that is amazing. Maybe there I should is, revise yeah. my, my opinion <laughs> of crows then, because my experience was just bad. <laughs> but you guys obviously got, got got good experiences and clearly something of a muse for Ema. Oh, yeah. I love the, in the, you know, when it starts to get dusk and they all go back to like their whatever rookeries or whatever they're called. Um and there's just, there can be hundreds of them like that, like the morning yeah. thing. And they just circle and circle before they roost. It, it's just fabulous to watch. I love it. Interesting. So that must pose some challenges for you as a, as a primarily mobile photographer or phone photographer. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, really, really. I, I have... Um, occasion have had occasion to have my actual camera with me and yeah the difference like the shots you can get on your phone are fairly which um is okay because I do a lot of kind of um grungy things and I kind of silhouette them up and stuff and it's like it's the form of the thing to me I don't really you sometimes need the detail but it's great when you can like almost get eyeball to eyeball with them and you know the kind of lovely blue sheen on their feathers and everything um yeah they're just handsome creatures and what's the difference between a crow and a raven ravens are bigger yeah much ra- bigger. ravens are enormous yeah. so, so yeah, given huge. that my office is across yeah. the road from the tower of london not too many ravens <laughs> around yeah. there's, a, um, there's a few here up in the mountains but um not that many yeah ra- ravens are very big compared Tactos. to crows Mm-hmm. we we have other smaller members actually uh, of the same family around us we have plenty of magpies uh, but we have um, a few pairs of jays um that, that oh, fly lovely. around behind the house as well and the jays are beautiful because they they are they're, they're they're brown and blue and white and and almost a reddish mm. color in places and um so pulling this back into the photographic realm yeah. oh yeah <laughs> remember that actually if there were any people I, I, out there who had tips for us on bird well, photography yeah well i thought bird mm-hmm. photography is a real genre right yeah. people go out and do this like bird yeah. watchers now have become bird shooters and in the photographic mm-hmm. sense i hope um and so you know is it better to use a macro lens a long lens a wide and close lens mm-hmm. what are what do I don't shoot 
birds. I, I happen to love crows too, but they, I, I tend to work a little wider. So I, I have to get close and they don't really like that. So, um, I'm, I'm very curious about quote, uh, animal photography, uh, in general, whether it's, I, I have a story on bird photography because a few years ago I co, uh, I co-hosted, uh, a bird photography workshop in Japan in Hokkaido. Oh, wow. And, uh, it, it it's not my 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 main genre so um but i, I kind of knew what to expect because bird photographers are a special kind of breed of people they had some of the most expensive equipment with them that i've ever seen <laughs> i mean we're, we're we're talking a lens that they that that will set you back like ten thousand dollars um we're talking the biggest tripods i've ever seen the biggest gimbals on them so they can move them smoothly the the most i don't know heating elements to keep the cameras warm in the outside because they would be standing out there for six hours eight hours um to wait for the birds to come in so um there it can be the the, the classical and in, in quotes uh, in air quotes classical bird photography can be quite a quite a a lot of equipment Okay. That's uh, that sounds like <laughs> people who go fishing. Fish, fishing is a huge sport in the UK. Sure, sure. Mm -hmm. And and you know the the amount that the, there's a, a a fishing pond not far from us, and the amount of equipment you know people come in with vans full of equipment and you know they got all, all sorts of great stuff. <laughs> I don't well, think I've ever seen any of them catch any fish, but maybe that's just because I haven't stood around and watched long enough. You know what? Is that kind of is that a thing to say? Like you got all the equipment in the world. But like that's it. You might you mightn't even catch the fish, or you mightn't even catch that shot of the bird. It's I don't know. Someone once told me that if you stand if you stand outside and that you start to close your eyes and you don't make any eye contact, because you ever see those pictures of like people with a robin in their hand, or you're like how do they do that? <laughs> you know, um, probably yeah, very delicious food. If you just stand there, yeah, with something and just you don't make eye contact with them whatsoever at all, and you're very still that little bird will come and sit in your hand. Uh, but I haven't tried it. <laughs> so maybe I will. So, so we, we need, yes, mm. listeners, send us some tips. <laughs> mm, mm. I'd love some tips on how to, sometimes I think, I, you know, I, I imagine that like I'm kind of communing with Crow and I'm like, stay there. And actually when, when I, I did post on Instagram a lot of crows and there was a couple of people, a man in particular, you say, he used to say that like I was the crow whisperer or something because he was like, how did you, you know, get him to stay there? <laughs> or, and like I was able to get quite close sometimes without, but I kind of, I've fallen out of practice about it, but I've kind of got back into it again lately now. I've seen a few big beaky guys hanging around. <laughs> so I have to make friends with them and, you know, just get get on their wavelength, I think, or something. Yeah. I don't know. Well, that's a, so. There's a great start to the topic for this week, then. Absolutely. Crows, so well, who's yeah. next? Oh, I don't know. I'll go. I'll go next. Then, if you like. Um, I mean, uh, so oh, there's there's a lot of questions you asked up at the top there. I mean, I think if if there was a theme that runs through my photography ever since I first started getting seriously interested in it, which is mm. about a dozen years ago. Uh, it's definitely people and portraiture. But I would say that within that, I'm very keen on environmental portraiture you know to show so, so not not just the the subject but but the environment that the subject is in especially if it says something about who they are um mm. or, or what they do 
Um, and uh, I think that's a subject that I, I've been return. I, I keep returning to. But yeah, there's other stuff that you know. I've never been much on landscapes, but I love travel photography, and I'm doing some new stuff now. We're trying, trying to to try and do some new stuff and push myself into new areas this year. Um, you know, uh, about uh, well, two particularly. Uh, one is uh, street photography, which we, we've spoken about already, and the other being landscape, which I haven't done a huge amount of yet this year. But hey, it's early in the year at the moment, so I think my my subject would be people. I'm fascinated by people. Um, you know, rarely have I taken a good landscape photograph that. Well, actually, no. Let's just stop. They could end that sentence there. <laughs> rarely have I taken a good landscape <laughs> yes. photograph, but but rarely. If I, but on the rare occasion that I do, I'm almost always convinced that it would be improved by putting a person in it. <laughs> Which oh, is often really? the case. I'm the opposite. Yeah. I hate when people get in the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> like get out of my way <laughs> yeah it, it, and, you're and ruining that tree you're, you're certainly that, not that's the why only photoshop one. is so good <laughs> for content aware yeah. <laughs> erasures Yoink. Yeah. yeah yeah i don't think i don't think my my uh my, my tastes are particularly unusual though um and, and i think I... over time that's contributed to possibly a bit of stagnation in my photography which is why i'm trying to push myself in new directions this year can i ask if you know your photo walks that you've just started recently kind of to start doing would you say that you know your intention to kind of branch out into the street photography and stuff was that inspired by having done the photo walks or are the photo walks like a vehicle to try and make you explore um, different things? Uh, I, th- I think so. I, I think the, the photo walks are a bit more of a vehicle. Um, mm. So I have done them before, not massively regularly. And, you know, I just had some uh, you know, thinking over the, the cold winter nights in the downtime mm. and the holidays, thinking I need to get out more. And mm. probably, you know, it wouldn't hurt to get out and be a bit more sociable either. You know, um, and, and have, be able to talk with people who have the you know si- similar interests and, mm. and maybe different opinions about similar interests, which mm. would be even more interesting. Um, and so that's kind of where I I was coming from with that um uh just just really trying to give myself a, a bit of a kick in the butt quite frankly <laughs> that's good well, like we all need to kind of shake it up a bit don't we <laughs> At, from time to time um so that's interesting uh, um chris what about you yeah i was i was thinking hard about this because what, with what i do i I there are certain things that keep on uh, repeating and one is landscapes of course when I when I do my photo tours mm-hmm. but then on these tours we also get to see lots of people culture so there is people photography there is street photography there's um yeah uh, cityscapes this kind of stuff mm-hmm. and then I try to 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 look through some photos and what what keeps that all together I think is more um actually more linked to some of the tools that i use and especially i'm i'm such a great fan of my wide angle tilt shift lens which is which informs a lot of my photography which is my go to mm-hmm. setup that i have and uh, it all these all these photo tours to a certain extent especially when when it comes to people on the street they they take mm-hmm. me somewhat out of my comfort zone Okay. And uh, help, and this way help me grow. But the interesting thing is this whole working with the tilt shift lens, uh, doing perspective correction, pl- playing with focus, and so on. That has 
also to in order to get that started i had to leave my comfort zone big time so for mm. for about half a year i was more stum- more stumbling through it than getting the good results but it in the end i think it has paid off because now it gives me a lot of control over how I want to show things. And um, so it's it's more the combination of, of tools and how I use them rather than the actual things because I just just the nature of what I do means I have to. Mm-hmm. I have to have a, a, a pretty good breadth of things that I that I that I'm comfortable with. So, so Chris, would it be would it be fair to say, and, and just for, for the record, you are the only person I've ever seen who'll quite happily wander around with just a tilt shift lens on his camera, yeah, just handheld with oh. a tilt shift lens, which I think That's is good. I, I, I I've done the same. Have you? I, I yeah. so understand that. Yeah. Well, it, it just enabled so many things. Is that, is that what it is? Because I was going to ask you, Chris, is is it because that is a a a setup or a piece of kit that for you just enables you to capture the image in the way that you see it in your head? Yes. Is that what that's all about? Yes, yes, it it tremendously helps me do that, and it's also one of the reasons that I that I I have no interest at this point to go mirrorless because, um, I I I can't get the the, the lenses I need for that. Um, at the moment, yeah, unless I use a big, a few big years fat that, adapter, yeah. you know. So a lens baby, right? You could use a lens baby. That's not quite the same. You know that, Jeremy. I'm <laughs> just saying, if you happen uh, to find yourself with a mirrorless camera, one I can day. do free lensing. Of course, I can. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, and, and and would you? Are you more tilt or are you more shift, Chris? Or is it a combination of the two? Well, it depends. If I'm if I'm on a shorter focal length, I'm more shift, and if I go longer, I'm more tilt. Ah, interesting. We, we could okay. go into depth for that for an hour or longer easily, sure. but shift, shift is is the is the perspective correction, but not just that. It does a few more things. You know, I think that's really interesting because the way you approach it, um, like the way that your tilt shift lens is like the way Adrian mentioned that it kind of allows you to see what it is, the vision that you have in your head. Um, my approach would be the complete opposite. I'd be like, just get the image, like just get a good quality, yeah. sharp image in as much of it as you can and then turn it into the image in my head afterwards. It's it it kind of it's it goes strange. both ways for me. Yeah. It it really goes both ways. I yeah. I have that vision that informs how I use the tool, but I also mm. have the tool that that teaches me what I can do with it, which then informs the vision. It's it's kind of a okay, okay, okay. Uh, it goes together. Yeah, that, that's re- that's really interesting. Actually, it's 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 a, a really insightful. Actually, um, so so when does the tilt shift book come out, Chris? I know you've done a wide-angle one. The wide-angle book has two tilt shift chapters because of that. Otherwise, my publisher wouldn't let me write about it. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) I snuck those in. Oh, and in case, and in case, in our little conversation here, we have inspired people to try tilt shift. What's the name of the book? Where can they get it? It's it's wide-angle photography. That's the name of the book. Ah, okay, cool, excellent, good stuff. I was, Joseph, I was thinking though because yeah, um, you know, from that one time that you and I travelled together, Chris, I was thinking, I wonder if he's going to say tilt shift. I wonder if he's going to say. Well, there you go. Yeah, I'm very predictable. Oh no, not not at all. But but it's but I know how much you love it, and you just know each other so well. Oh well, maybe. maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
So Jeremiah, finally, last but not least, um, what's what's the thing that keeps you coming back as a subject? Uh, yeah, I'm. I guess I'm more on the kind of Chris side of the you know what I would find interesting. Uh, I, I there's no particular subject that I set out um, to shoot. Um, mm. It really does depend often on the mood, the light, where I am in the world. Mm. Um, you know, if I happen to be in a, you know, a, a war-torn nation on the kind of edge of safety, I'm I'm much more inclined to to kind of explore a, an aesthetic uh, reportage just because um, of the kind of uncapturable elements of it. It's not something that's easily repeated when you're in these kind of critical places. I, you know, it's not something that I do often, but I have, um, and oddly attracted to that dynamic, but it's not really, uh, something that informs my work, you know, writ large. Mm. I, I'm, I'm much more in kind of the world of creating images. So often I will go, I will go out with a particular, um, set of gear, a, a, a camera, and uh, I will, for example, take a a very intense uh, ND filter, mm. and uh, just do a lot of everything I see. Then that day is something that would work with slow shutter speeds or blurs or streaks or whatnot to create a kind of painterly oh, yes. uh, relationship with, you know, whether it's landscape or urban. Mm. Um, you know, I tend to shoot people with my iPhone, as so many do, and they're more in the snapshotty um, mm. element. I When I began my career, I, I, I did a lot of portraiture for you know, um, magazines, mm. some well-known and, and traveled far afield to do those. And, you know, like Adrian, I, I love the kind of, um, environmental portraiture where the environment does inform what the, uh, mm. character of the human you're photographing is. I love, um, empty spaces, empty rooms, minimalism, that usually turns me on. And I, I do take a lot of pictures either with my iPhone or whatever I'm carrying. Um, in a, if I kind of see or experience a minimalist environment mm. uh, without people, whether it's in a kind of a, a, an architectural um, environment or, or a simple landscape, you know, a snowbound mm landscape with a single tree i mean that mm. i can never stop myself from taking that yeah. picture that's, that's I, what i so gravitate towards you know what i mean i don't know why but it's like oh my god that's so oh, beautiful by, maybe by way, it's that japanese thing by the know. way mm. this 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 informs a nice exercise that uh, we're sometimes doing with uh with participants on photo workshops is uh to shoot a picture specifically to become a movie poster because what that means is you'll have to find something that has a lot of negative space, a lot of empty mm. space that you can then fill with copy mm. and, and big, sure. big letters. Yeah. Yeah. And when people do that, they, they st when people approach it that way, they start thinking in those terms. And it really helps, uh, it re really helps um, give people new ideas who, who are used to filling the frame all the time. Yeah, that's right. I mean, mm. it, it's true. So gear plays a, a, a very important part. Where I am 
in the world, whether it's, you know, around the house or if it's around the neighborhood, around the city, mm. or if it's night, uh, if it's foggy, uh, all of those things will, will generate a different um, uh, attraction. I, I can always find something to photograph. I, I don't think it's ever... Uh, sometimes I'll go out with my camera and take one picture, but but I will always find something to shoot uh, that I like. But but the work, you know, obviously that that I am most attracted to is work that I kind of build and create. And I mean, it it, it may be closer to painting using photography as mm -hmm. its brush rather than uh, a pure image. And having mm -hmm. said that, obviously. I love shooting with a four by five, you know, highly uh, formal and, com you know, composing that, et cetera. And, and I, I'm, you know, kind of getting my head around doing some platinum printing and just figuring out <laughs> where, where to do it. Um, but so I'm, I'm also very attracted to the paper print. And so that becomes a very, um, focused goal of mine, whatever, what, wherever I'm working, it's not just to post it, uh, electronically, but it's, it's what will be the best, um, thing to hold in one's hand, because I, I just feel that that experience is a little bit different, but I, I, I can't see that there's a single subject that I have to shoot. Like some people just love shooting cars, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They, they love shooting, um, you know, there's incredible landscape stuff being done and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm currently working on, on landscapes right now, um, you know, uh, that are basically formal landscapes that appear to have been shot on the lunar surface. Yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I did not go there. I'm going to admit, confess, <laughs> but they look very realistic, and they have a sense of that kind of Ansel Adams on the moon. I guess <laughs> loads, so, loads of stuff there. Then, yeah, you know, wow. Do you know that stuff that's in my head? We've got four, four people you know, in our little team here, and four completely different views. Isn't of it, it crazy? Yeah, like is, yeah. So, so we, we, pro we probably should ask the question: What does this mean for the future of photography? <laughs> <laughs> well, if there is a future. Oh, oh, oh dear! Then, now we go deep. I, oh, somebody's brought their dark thoughts to the recording session well, today. It's a, dark, it's a dark time right now where I am. So, um, the the, the uh, I think we can all agree collectively that whatever we see coming up, uh, things that we can't even imagine or 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 kind of predict, that one of us will be attracted to shooting it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Good. Good point. Good point. I think I, I also think that gear, as gear becomes more and more sophisticated, or the connection between recognizing, appreciating an image, whether it's in VR or formally framed, but that that connection uh, is is kind of reduced to a microsecond. There's going to be again a different. Uh, aesthetic that emerges out of it. So mm -hmm. I, I do think photography, unlike painting, I think the gear in photography is important and it does impact the kind of pictures that we take or want to take. Mm. Please discuss. Wouldn't it be amazing if there was just like one piece of gear or maybe one or two pieces 
that did everything. Like, you know, all our stuff combined. <laughs> what it? But it I don't think so. It. Then we'd have to be thinking, well, what do we want to do with it? It's like having a Swiss army knife, the but big, big ones, and going, now, where was that screwdriver? On? Well, in your case, I imagine that you have, you must have an entire room full of different cameras and and gadgets, because every single gadget we ever speak about, you have it already. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I confess so, I am an early adopter. Uh, is, that, is that what you call it? That's the justification. <laughs> That's so, but but I, 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 you I, might I, regret. I think my view of the future of photography from this yeah, is is a bit aligned to that actually jeremiah although i don't have i mean i do i have collected over the years you know bunches of different lighting equipment for example mm-hmm. and i do have a bunch of different cameras and i've I've bought some tried some you know got rid of them and i've settled down with a a, a core collection that you know that is is different 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 kinds of things represented but for me i think part part of all, all of this stuff about you know the future is, is it, and this is a very personal view you know is is the 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 any growth in my photography in my artistic expression and achievement comes through practice and experimentation so i I had the you know and and right now as i said a few minutes ago right now for me that means i'm pushing myself to do more street photography at the moment and you know and 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 i will also be pushing myself to do more landscape photography so so you know it's interesting that the yeah the the questions that we asked about what do you keep coming back to you know and phases through the years i think for me the future is that i need to push myself to to do different things and to learn more and part of that is play part, part of that is the equipment um i i'm part of it is is just putting yourself deliberately into situations and for yeah, and, and taking and making photographs so mm-hmm. yeah i can don't know I, that, that's I just I a very you, personal view can i ask you a question based on on that when you if you are pushing yourself to go out and say do street photography are you thinking of like i'm going to find the the one image that is spectacular or are you thinking about a folio uh, a group of images, say 25, that all appear to have the same the- themes or moods or, or forms uh, Here, within the letter. context. Here's mm. the letter, clearly. I think, I think, I think it's for right now, it's about getting out there and doing it. And, and, you know, I think it's about doing enough, enough quantity that I can distill it down later. It's not, I, I'm not, I'm not searching for one shot. Um, I mean, I'm quite happy to look somewhere where I think the light is good and there's an opportunity and wait for an opportunity, but I'm not, um, I'm not searching to make one particular thing. I'm searching to experience new things and see what I learn. It's an exploration we, more than... Yeah, that's a really good word, Ema. Yes, absolutely. It's an exploration. So, Emer, your work is very kind of, uh, I think, cohesive. And, and so, you know, your, your moods are set really uh, specifically. So when you go out and, and experience a landscape, the way light falls on a tree, a path, a road, whatever, mm-hmm. are you going, ah, this really fits in the realm of my folio, of my body of work it, it's just another piece not of directly, bigger mosaic not directly but i i am drawn to the same like i it sort of i don't know it's kind of connects me to where i am um mm-hmm. and um i suppose sometimes look at them and say oh god they're a bit samey but they're actually in another way they're not because um 
I don't know. It's it's what's around me. It's what I'm, you know, I'm drawn to the kind of, I love trees and I love a, a country road and, you know, I like being up a mountain. Um, it's just, and that's where I find myself most of the time. So it's like, I do sometimes think like if I am in a city or something and I'm visiting somewhere and I take some nice pictures, I do, I do sometimes, actually, that's kind of half the reason why I stopped with the Instagram because I got a little obsessed with the way the whole thing looked as a, as a stream, you know, and, and if you put something that kind of stood out a bit, that it kind of threw me off and I got a bit, I got a bit pernickety about it. So I just, I kind of stopped. And I think, I don't know, I kind of post to Flickr now all the time, but I don't feel, um, I don't feel the same pressure I did to make everything look the same there. Like it's very jumbled and higgledy piggledy there. And I would try out all my different things. Whereas with the Instagram one, I don't know. I think people maybe were ex- expecting that from you as well as, you know, uh, that it was, I suppose, safe, you know, you know, there I, I, I can relate to that email totally. properly. Do you know what I mean? I just felt some sort of pressure to keep it looking a certain way on there because even to my eye, it looked like cohesive, like Jeremiah said. But, you know, when you throw in, if you experimented with something, it was like it threw it off completely. And then maybe I, I started a different account where I would just throw jumbly things that I didn't, I was more experimental with. I don't know. It kind of found its way into that look that you see that's on Instagram, but not everything I do looks like that. Do you know another I mean? another way of, of approaching that same thing is: are groups of pictures um, that are cohesive? Do they inform the individual images in ways that make the individual images stronger? Oh. That's about three shows all in one go. Yeah, exactly. We're just That's running out of time. We should capture, we should capture that question and yeah. come back to it because that is very Absolutely. worthy yeah. of, of, a, of a whole question itself. But I'm aware so that, that, that several of us have some pretty pretty t- hard stops to time out very shortly mm-hmm. um, uh, so so I, I, I'm afraid we're going to have to to wrap up um, so really quickly shall we do the pick of the week I think sure. we, I think we should yeah. I think we should I confess I don't have one because I've been too busy so <laughs> <laughs> off you go <laughs> okay mine mine is mine is very short um, and it's not really about photography but about someone who uh, used to be in front of the camera a lot it's about Terry Jones who died a few weeks ago um oh, yes. yes he was he was he was of, of Monty Python fame actor yeah. writer comedian director and uh he's not the messiah exactly and and <laughs> And the one thing I found, and this is one thing that I will probably remember him by, even though it's not directly from him, but it's in the context of mm. um, the Holy Grail, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Um, and it's a letter. It's a photo of a letter. That's where photography oh, comes in. And it's a photo of a letter where the producer writes to someone else in the team about how the how the movie should be censored to get a better rating. <laughs> and I'm not going to read it here, but uh, because then we <laughs> we'd have to put have the explicit, explicit rating. <laughs> yeah. we, 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 we would get an explicit rating, but um, 
it it includes the sentence we have to lose as many shits as possible so um it is a wonderful letter and it made me laugh so hard and it's 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 from from behind the scenes of a movie production i'm pretty sure Jer jeremiah you know these kind of things too <laughs> yes i do and I really love it. It is so funny, and uh, yeah, that's that's my my pick of the week. Not awesome. very photography. A worthy pick. A worthy pick indeed. Jeremiah, what's yours? Well, mine is uh, I've I've kind of chosen a photographer that illustrates, you know, the what we were talking about. Uh, is there an image that Ooh. one or the other of us are are attracted to? And this this photographer, Cody. Cobb, C-O-D-Y-C-O-B-B, -B, and he has a beautiful Instagram as well. But he is into uh, very um, minimalist landscapes, but affected by color and light in, in ways that I haven't really seen. And they're very consistent, and they're very odd, they're very moody. Um, I have a feeling they'll be beautifully uh, rendered if they're printed um, I, I, I have a feeling that the screen is not the best way of seeing them, but yeah. I, I don't know, mm. but, but, but there is uh, an example of someone who would say, Oh, look at those ice flows. If only they were bright red, <laughs> 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 like, so, um, he, he is, uh, a attracted to a certain form, uh, and light and yet wants to add something later, um, to, to personalize it. Um, I, I just thought when we're talking about, uh, what we are, each of us attracted to, uh, he stood out as someone who is very specific, um, in his, um, I guess, experience of nature. Yeah. I did. I looked at these. I've been looking at them. I've been trying to oh, think whether the <laughs> foregrounds are, um, setups are sets with, you know, that are shot with a sort of forced perspective, um, because some of them, they sort of the, the granules of ice look way too big compared to the background. But I think yeah, it, I may, it may be part oh, it's of very the, wide angle. He's just very close to the foreground. Yeah, maybe. And, and of course, you know, it may be to something to do with the shooting technique using lights as well, because the foreground is clearly flash lit. And the, but, but these are reasonably long exposures to capture the background. And uh, they kind of look like they're composited or something, don't they? I like they they do they do a bit i i i i can i can conceive of a of a technique oh, of shooting that, that that would actually render them in a single image but um it's uh it's an assumption on my part of course but yeah they're gorgeous yes that last Interesting. one with the moon in it yeah yes very nice yes mm. well i'll tell you what my pick of the week is also very short in fact it's two words and i and i'm going to use it as a teaser um and and uh yeah my two words are tfop zines Ooh. <laughs> and that's all i have to say about that for now <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah. so we want feedback about those two words that Adrian should we did. yeah should we do a zine that's the question ah okay well there we go oh. well <laughs> people should know how they can find us so yes <laughs> let us know absolutely um so i guess we better wrap it up had we guys everybody has to go away pretty soon sounds yeah. good yeah yeah um so what's left to say thank you for listening to the future of photography um thanks to the guys to chris adrian and jeremiah for allowing me to be in charge tonight <laughs> <laughs> we welcome uh, it 
<laughs> you, you might be sorry you said that, Jeremiah. Anyway, no, um, no. so until next time, um, good night, everybody, and Pompey Ash. Bye bye. Bye bye. You've been listening to The Future of Photography, a production by Adrian Stock and Chris Marquardt. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com. Thank you.